The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. When you got a love and it's good like it should be Makes you never want to give it up Cause you know that some people die for love And I believe it's true cause I do the same for you Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about the ego and the benefits and the burdens and the challenges that we have with our ego. And I just finished reading this wonderful book entitled, You Are Not What You Think, The Egoless Path to Self-Esteem and Generous Love. And this is by David Rico. And he's written many other books, including How to Be an Adult in Relationships. I love it. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's coming to us from, um, actually, from Santa Barbara area. Uh, David Rico is a Ph.D. and an MFT. He is a psychotherapist, a writer, and a workshop leader. He teaches a variety of places, including Esalon and Spirit Rock Buddhist Center. And actually, he is going to be teaching um, at Esalon up in Central California um, on June 17th through 19th, and the title of the program is actually the subtitle of his book, The Egoless Path to Self-Esteem and Generous Love. It sounds wonderful, and it's a beautiful place to do that as well. He shares his time between Santa Barbara and San Francisco, California, and he combines psychological and spiritual perspectives in his work. And his two most recent books, How to Be an Adult in Love and You Are Not What You Think, The Egoless Path to Self-Esteem and Generous Love, are available for you to look at at his website. And also, um, you can go online and see it at Dave Rico, that's spelled D-A-V-E-R-I-C-H-O dot com. So I'm excited to interview you. Thanks for joining us, David. Thank you for inviting me, Mari. Well, Dave, I, I love what you're talking about. You know, we all have ego, and some of us, you know, I've been really thinking about ego with the craziness going on in um, at the Republican Party and all of their shenanigans and the ego. It's uh, It's been real uh, revealing about how 
power and ego seem to go together. But let's talk about, you know, what is ego? Ego is the Latin word for I. So in that sense, everyone has an ego because we all are different from one another. From the Buddhist perspective, there is no separate I because we're all linked and connected in so many ways. But ego could be described as the strong center of your personality. This is how Freud described it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, sometimes the ego is, shall we say, overly inflated, and in that instance, it comes across as arrogant and entitled and controlling, and that's what people refer to when they talk about a big ego. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love, and in your, a, yeah, I love the way you have in your book, you know, the 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 those things that are most challenging when we've got the egotist or the narcissist, and then you've got the other side, the good parts of, of ego, too. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Okay. And then on the other extreme, so you have big ego, uh-huh. and in the middle you have healthy ego. Yeah. And I'll describe that healthy ego in a minute. But on the other end of the spectrum, you have the ego that's very passive and impoverished and you know that's the person who lets others walk all over him mm-hmm. so that would be uh, the extreme deficit of your strong of a strong ego and then on the other end of the spectrum is the extreme is the excess of ego mm-hmm. and my book is about how to navigate your way Uh, through life in such a way that you build your healthy ego, reduce your uh, excessive arrogant ego, and inflate that deflated ego. So that, you know, everything... I I use the example of Goldilocks. Right. (laughs) I love that example. Too hot (laughs) is big ego, and Uh too cold is too little ego, and then just right is in the middle. That's what we're aiming for. And by healthy ego, I mean that part of us that knows how to set goals and do what it takes to fulfill them, knows how to relate to people with respect and kindliness, but at the same time assertively, and finally, knows that life is about more than just fulfilling your immediate goals, like within a career or to make money, Mm -hmm. and has a sense of himself or herself in the world as one who's here to offer some kind of service or to make the world better than it was when he or she was born. So... Healthy ego is uh, what we're aiming for, and sometimes we inflate, and sometimes we deflate, and there are ways that you can work with yourself so that you 
keep coming back to that center. And one of the things I propose in the book is instead of looking down on people or even be intimidated by people who have a big ego, from a Buddhist point of view, we want to be compassionate toward them because coming across with arrogance, entitlements, and being controlling, those are all compulsions. So we want to have compassion for people who just believe they have to be like that when actually they don't. But our compassion grows when we realize the compulsive nature of it all. Yeah, and you talk about how a lot of this comes from, as our child our, you know, as children and what we've grown up with and how our parents treated us. And so that kind of stuff um, is helpful to kind of have, you have a lot of questions to question ourselves, to kind of remember that and really, I guess you would say, dissociate from that or at least understand it and have compassion for our parents that they treated us that way, that now we are, um, you know, have this, kind of problem that we have to get over. Um, but I think, you know, I remember in psychology taking, and, you know, you, you're the, uh, the one who has all this great knowledge about it, but we talk about the ego and the super, the, the id, the ego, and the superego, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so how does that relate? Are we talking about getting to our superego so that our superego is the observer of our ego and manages it? Is that kind of where we're going? Well, those three terms, id, ego, and superego, are from Freud. Mm-hmm. And uh, by ego... In the center, he's referring to that strong center of the personality that I mentioned. Superego refers to a kind of conscience Mm -hmm. that tells you what is socially acceptable if you're going to have a a successful life. Uh And then id refers to, which is the Latin word for it, Mm -hmm. it refers to the many impulses in us that lead us away from healthy behavior that could make us do things that would ultimately be harmful for us toward ourselves, for instance, addictive kind of behaviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it refers to the, 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 the temptations, shall we say, or the the suggestions that our mind makes, which are socially unacceptable. So the superego is trying to balance, um, is trying to speak to the ego and say, don't fall prey to your id impulses and look for immediate gratification. Always keep in mind what your goals are and always do the things that are socially acceptable. And the ego is standing in the middle and hearing the two voices. Mm. And you're healthy when you uh, tame the id and let in the superego, but not so much that you wind up being rigid and having no fun. (laughs) Right, right, right. 
You know, it's it's. I've been reading as we talked before we started. Is that I've been doing a lot of research on the brain and emotional intelligence, and been interviewing people on the brain. Um, you know how brain how words change your brain, mm-hmm. and with neurologists and everything. Fascinating stuff. I love it, and it just it was such a, a joy to read your book because it really was giving another perspective, really on the same thing. Is that you know we need to be mindful. And yet, you know, we have these things in our, you know, we've got that amygdala brain, which is our primitive brain mm-hmm. that we have to manage. And then we, you know, we want to do things like the Buddha would do, which is to become mindful so that we are compassionate and using our front and developing our frontal lobes. And mm-hmm. then that all relates to emotional intelligence, which is basically, you know, you're showing us in this book about how to be more emotionally intelligent so we can appreciate our ego and manage it and use it as we need it that's that's what i got out of your book that i really loved was i on the right track yes very much so and thank you for making that connection yeah that does fit also the ego is very important in the when it comes to relationships, I have yes. a couple of chapters on this part of the yes. issue. If you go into a relationship with a big ego, I have to be in control. I have to be honored as wonderful, and I'm God's gift to humanity, and <laughs> I'm entitled to have special treatment and to be um, loved and honored all the time. And, I, and I'm not required to do much in return, mm-hmm. if that's how you come across, that's going to be an enormous obstacle to intimacy. Right. And so <clears throat> what, we want, what we want is to, uh, is not a relationship that is meant to, to uh, inflate the ego, of the partner. Mm-hmm. We want a relationship in which I divest myself of my ego so that I can serve the relationship rather than I'm in the relationship to boost my ego. So this is why this whole topic of ego is so important when it comes to the meaning of love. Love means letting go of your ego-centeredness long enough so that you can let someone else in and let someone else's interests be equal to your own. A big ego can't do that because it's constantly needing to be on top, in charge. And, and worst of all, since this big ego can't ever admit being wrong of course he can't apologize right Right. he can't say thank you either because he's entitled to everything he gets it's not a gift to be thankful for so when you're in a relationship and you can't step up to the plate of i'm sorry for some things i do and i thank you for other things that you do for me and so forth you're not really offering yourself as a partner of true intimacy. And the, a, even a bigger part of the problem is that there are so many people, uh, so many of us, 
who are willing to be with this kind of a narcissistic, mm-hmm. self-centered person for years on end, yeah. rather than realize, wait a minute, this isn't really fulfilling my needs, nor can it. Sometimes they stay too long, and that's how they end up in my divorce mediation. <laughs> so I can relate yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, the the name of this show is Fighting for Love, and it and it really how we see it, and that's the name of, I was telling you, our new book, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, and really relates to what you're saying, because when you fight for love, you're really fighting against anything in yourself that keeps you from really connecting, really mm-hmm. having that partnership. Mm-hmm. So that's what we mean by fighting for love, fighting against that stuff in ourselves that is alienating, that forgets that we're really one, that connects, that we're, you know, forgets that mm-hmm. we're a union, that we're all one. And I know you talk a lot about this, about, you know, the Buddhist way is that, you know, when you are in your ego, you are thinking you're separate from everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I... And I, even above everybody. Yeah. Because the know, ego thrives on ranking, and there can't be ranking in partnership. There has to be equality. Yes. So right away, you're going to have a problem with being able to love. To fight for love would be, from the point of view of what my book is about, is the equivalent of to fight against right. that ego inclination in all of us. Yes. And it's, <clears throat> its main Sport, its favorite sport mm-hmm. is retaliation. So if you're in a relationship with somebody who is narcissistic, has a big ego, yep. and I do distinguish those two in the book, right. uh, you, you want to watch out because he's going to get back at you if you in any way uh, um, call him on his stuff or don't honor his entitlements. Mm -hmm. So what I've noticed in working with couples as a therapist is that often there is retaliation going on, even in subtle, passive ways. Mm -hmm. And I've been recommending that, you know, you really look at that because one of the best ways to tame your ego so that it will become healthier is to vow never to retaliate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you go more with the Sermon on the Mount, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. So you're going into a a different way of living, which is uh, risky, but because you don't then wind up getting your licks in as you might want to, but you're no longer living like those people in the Godfather movies. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you're living more like uh, people who genuinely have learned to love. Yeah, and what I see, because I get them after they, you know, whether if they don't go to you or if they go to you and they and they finally realize, that, you know, neither of them are going to change or one of them is not going to change, then they come to me. And, and for me, it's so vivid that there is blame, guilt, judgment, and criticism. 
Mm. And those are the things that just jump out at me um, for 30 years of mediating. And I, you know, I point these things out to them and, you know, I ring my bell. I have an Asian bell. <laughs> Anytime mm-hmm. I hear any of those things, I ring the bell and, 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 you know, point out what's happening without judgment, but just say, this is what, just push the buttons of your partner. This is what happened. And I'm sure this is what happened to your marriage. And I can't allow it in here or we can't come to, you know, a fair agreement. So, Good um, for you. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And that's the same what you just said. I can't allow this in here. We, we want to come to a good agreement. That's what needs to be said in a relationship. Right. <laughs> between the two people. Exactly. So my poor husband has to hear that. <laughs> that's how that's how we stay together. But I, I you know, one of the quotes that you had that really hit me that I wanted to explain because I thought it was important you have here um, about compassion. You talk about compassion for ourselves and you quote Shakespeare saying self-love is not so vile a sin as self-neglecting. And, you know, we hear all the time about self-love and how important it is. And I think that people confuse self-love with egotism. And I I thought that it would be helpful to kind of explain that because I I know it from a spiritual perspective for me. Self-love means that I appreciate that I am, you know, I am incarnate of spirit that's that's kind of the way i see it but i think Mm -hmm. you know people were taught in our society if you love yourself you're selfish you're an egotist you're arrogant you're a donald trump you know (laughs) all Mm -hmm. that stuff so help us understand how what that means um, psychologically sure let's go back to the three bowls of porridge that uh, goldilocks is looking at Mm -hmm. So the too hot one is self-centered selfishness. Mm -hmm. The too cold one is self-abnegation, self-neglecting, what Shakespeare says. Self-neglecting is not as bad. Uh, I mean... uh, Yeah, self-love is not as vile as as self-neglecting, yeah. Yeah. And then in the middle... You have healthy self-love, which is Mm self-caring, self-compassion. And that refers to how you have, how you're able to assert your needs while at the same time recognizing that there are limits to which your needs can be fulfilled. And so you're asking for what you want but you're always clear that you can't demand it and that the biggest challenge is to take care of your own needs yourself to uh, fulfill yourself in whatever way you can rather than expecting that others will do all that for you. So on the far left, we have uh, I'm totally selfish, and think only of myself. On the far right, we have, I never think of myself, only only of others. And then in the middle is, I think of myself, I take care of myself, but never at the expense of others. Or at the expense of myself, right? Or of myself. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, you know how, I mean, it seems so logical, but it's hard to sometimes do. But, you know, if we can love and appreciate ourselves, then we have more love to give, right? And if we don't yeah. love and appreciate ourselves, then we, we alienate people from us. Mm-hmm. Right. Very much so. yeah. yeah, but I I think that that's a, a tough one because our society doesn't talk about loving oneself. So let's talk a little bit. I I think what uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, you know, let's talk about how we tame. <laughs> how do we actually tame that ego? What What are some steps to to do that because all of us have ego all of us kind of lose it at some time because we're still humans right so Mm -hmm. you know we all get you know have some anger or whatever and forget to be the observer and be in charge um so how do we how do we do that okay um why don't i just give in response to that why don't i give some very specific um Examples from, I mean, yeah, from your book. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah Why that's don't we great. look at the book and see? I love it. Yeah, exactly. I got it right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, because I have a section in there. Yes. On uh, in this chapter on taming. Yes. Uh, in which I have a list of the various ways in which we um, yeah, can yeah. learn to. Work with our ego. Yeah, I think that's it's, uh, important. Suggestions. Yeah, because I think people want to know. Well, what can I do right now? And then, of course, they can go and get your book and and work with it. But I think it's nice to give them some some tips right now of what they can do to tame that that ego that wants to always compete or wants to win or wants to be right. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay, so um, let's see. It would be the chapter six, Taming and Befriending Our Ego. Right. And in that, um, in the book, I have various practices you can do. Right. So we're going to go to the one called Shortcuts to Letting Go of Our Ego. Yep, 123. (laughs) Okay. And the first one, of course, is Follow the Golden Rule. Act toward others as you want them to act towards you. Right. Also, keep the needs of others in mind <clears throat> rather than just your own needs. And you have to be mindful to do that because people don't we aren't we reactive in many ways? We we just react mm-hmm. to whatever. And I think it's stopping and thinking for a second. Like before, you know, they always say, "Speak when you're angry, and you'll say the best speech you ever regret." You know, learning to just stop for a second and pause before you um, before you say something or do something that might mm-hmm. hurt someone else, right? Yeah, you're you're putting the accent then on how you can always be kind toward others, show loving kindness, right? Rather than uh, hurt their feelings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which the big ego has no problem doing. Right. Um, and the healthy ego doesn't want to go there. Right. So another one would be admit when you don't know something, that you need support, you need help. Ego thinks, I'm it. This is all I have going for me. Yeah. I think that's something much more of the the male species. 
mm-hmm. than the female. You know, I think women, yeah, you know, true. our evolution, women worked together to cooperate, to cook together when we were in the caves, and men were out there competing to get the, to bring home the hunt or something. I don't Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then uh, the one I mentioned about, you know, no longer retaliating, apologize mm-hmm. when you've harmed or offended someone or mm-hmm. have retaliated. Right. And uh, when you're in a group, try to, you know, work for the purposes of the group, not to make yourself stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't hold grudges against people. Uh you know, let go of that resentment and and uh, ill will that you might have toward them. Yeah. So those are some examples. I have a whole list in the book oh, yeah. like, uh, of other ones, but I think our time is getting yeah. close yeah. here. So anyway, um, that gives us a start. Great stuff. I love it. I really have enjoyed it. And I love that you have these columns to kind of show us, to compare and contrast, because I think it gives some, you know, concrete ways of saying, do I do this? If I do this, I can do this instead. So that's what Mm -hmm. I love about it. So we are out of time. I just want to have everybody know the name of the book is You Are Not What You Think, The Egoless Path to Self-Esteem and Generous Love. David Rico, you're wonderful. Just give your website and it's time to go. Okay, Dave Rico. D-A-V-E-R-I-C-H-O.com. Well, we will keep in touch, and we'll have you back again. And good luck at your uh, program at at Esalen at June 17th through 19th. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. On the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. Some people die for love. And I believe it's true because I do the same for you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.